Welcome to Inland Sessions, the podcast. Today we're spending time with Tuan Simultaneous, a poet and rapper from the live slam poetry scene in Spokane, Washington. My name is Tuan Simultaneous, and I am a slam poet hailing from the beautiful Lilac City of Spokane, Washington. And as a performer, my craft is full of metaphors, atondras, personification, and lyrical bliss that is guaranteed to vibrate souls and leave conscience everywhere I go. So, yeah. As a performer, I just am honored everywhere I go. I just try to be positive and, you know, because... All my, not all my stories are positive, so, um, but anytime you can express the art, it's a, it's a luxury, so. Hey. Did you come from Spokane? Where did you grow up? And could you tell us how you got to here, like physically? So, um, so I uh, was born to a mother who was 16 years old, and I was uh, uh, born at home uh, in a tub. From my understanding, it was here in Spokane, and then I moved from here to Tacoma, and from Tacoma to Mobile, Alabama, and then ran away from Mobile when I was uh, 12, and I uh, came here a month before Katrina, and um, been here since. Actually caught my plane in uh, New Orleans uh, uh, right before Katrina, and you know I've been here ever since, and uh, I love this city. This city's home. And uh, to be able to put on for the city uh, and to create and meet all the artists, Spokane's booming. So really, I, I, I don't I have no problem saying I'm from Spokane because I love it here. So, what I, what was it really that brought you back? What was the draw and to stay? Oh, it's just um, family. Uh, we we could say that. Um, uh, uh, getting away from situations as a kid and uh, going to an environment that was more promising and um, seizing the little opportunity there was here for it was at least opportunity that wasn't presented elsewhere and uh, as a little kid with a garbage bag black garbage bag full of clothes and whatnot on a plane on the cheapest flight that I can afford again I don't think my life would have been this way I don't think for certain I would have been on KSPS PBS uh, without me moving here so uh, again those life-altering moments just like me being on the inland sessions uh, uh, those things that you live for you either seize the opportunity or you let them pass you by and from an early age I learned to seize the moment and uh, well I was actually in the studio many many years ago uh, back in 2010 probably 2009 uh, I was part Part of a uh, program for District 81 schools. Uh, I was uh, the first graduating class from the On Track Academy. So uh, back when you had Nancy Stoles and uh, my my mentor, who I called the Oracle, Lisa Matson, uh, who's uh, the creator of On Track Academy. Me and her were on here, and I was the head of the student council at the time. So to be here again, uh, beautiful, and I uh, but to do it for something that I love personally, that is so sacred to me. I was like, you know, go out here and just perform and do you. Do you like you would any other show. And no matter if they love it or they hate it, they got 100% one simultaneous. And that's all I could ever ask for. Yeah, so many people live in silence. 
You know, they go their entire life without saying anything. And the fact that if you could get the opportunity to express yourself openly, you have to be confident that you're willing to die behind your words rather than to, rather than to live in silence. And so that's how I go into every performance. It's like, it's either now or never. So, Could you tell me, are there uh, either a piece itself or a body of work that is your best representation of you or your maybe most real representation of you? You know, I, I have a piece uh, dedicated to uh, Vietnam because uh, my granddad and my great uncle, they were both drafted to Vietnam, like so many people. And tragic to see so many young souls forced into a war that they wanted no part of, especially if you grow up colored and endured Jim Crow and just to see Jim Crow in and a few years later have to and then be thrown into a lottery to go and die for a country that literally has just, you know, defecated on you for uh, so many generations. And so if I had one piece, it would like one line, it would be from uh, this piece called Cells. And it's like, I could sell you anything even pride. Born in a fell system, yet you graduated. Schools integrated, education upgraded at the daily admission and being hated. Having dreams of a having dreams of a nation renovated, still you didn't have pride in that nation. Maybe because that pride made you skydive, draped in old glory from a Vietnam sky, graduated so you could die. As a child, watching elders gamble their hopes on lotto, you won and the prize was loading fully autos, trading in your dreams for M16, daydreaming in magazines to loading magazines, from drenched in Gatorade orange to contacting Asian orange, unable to suppress firepower with flower power, peace not war chance over power, this dying screams grew louder, born 44 to 53, you were the little pick for slaughter, but see, I could sell you anything. Just kind of like the whole idea of the American dream, but it's just like, yeah, you know, as a salesman. It's when like, it gets hey. turned against you. Yeah. 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 So can we, can we go back and we can talk a little bit about um, how you started this relationship with words? Or was there a relationship with performance before words? Like, how does your personality work? I, ever since I was a little kid, I was really big into music. And I, I learned early on that it was a way to drown out your surroundings. And so I started rapping from the age of seven years old. And uh, I remember my first album I ever received was Nas, It Was Written. And then eventually I got into Illmatic, in which my one of my all-time favorite albums that really made me hone in on the craft, Nas is Stillmatic. As you could tell, I'm a huge Nas fan, and I think because of Nas, that's what brought me to understanding and knowing who Edgar Allan Poe and Emily Dickinson and Nikki Giovanni and Maya Angelou, etc. Um, so um, being a kid, it was just a way of getting accepted in my environment and drowning out the negativity and then it evolved into poetry you know first time I ever seen Saul Williams perform uh, when I was in middle school and creative writing it was like that's what I want to do how do you balance like your day job and your day life with your artistic craft uh Going to work and uh, taking care of your obligations, I feel uh, it's a reminder of balance. You have to do the things that keep you alive, but you also have to do the things that make you feel alive. 
If you do the things that make you feel alive too much, you may not have a home. You may not have the necessities that you need. And that's unfortunate that we have a society that, you know, is so demanding of us. But, you know, that's my own personal take. Um, But also at the same time, you can't be so caught up in you know, money and can't be so caught up in, you know, I have the newest of the new and I'm competing with my neighbors or I'm competing with my coworkers. And he's like, no, man, like if it, if it makes you sacrifice time with your loved ones to the point that you no longer get to see them and you no longer get to experience a life with them, is it really worth it? No, I, I feel like in this society, we're obligated to contribute, pay taxes and provide for obligations if we have them but you still got to do the things for you that make you feel alive because when you do for you people see that and people love you because you are you you know if you're just a kind of like a mindless zombie just grinding 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 you you don't really have people there and I know a lot of people with a lot of money who are some of the most loneliest people and you see it all the time people who go through all these tragic episodes because they have everything you would think they have everything in their life but they have nobody who loves them because they're so invested in their work and the same way that you have a lot of starving homeless artists who are so invested in their craft that Unfortunately, they're not willing to submit to the society structure and go and work and contribute and do what they are, what our society that I feel expects us to. So due to my obligations that are personal to me and because of, you know, also, you know, I love what I do for work. Um, You know, I, I don't mind it, but you better believe this is what I live for. I go and do that so I could be here so I could do this. And hopefully one day this can be my work, but I don't ever want it to be called work. If it's no longer just love and craft and meditation, then what's the point? Because eventually you're doing it for a check. What would you say is one of the most uh, formative or core lessons that you've learned in your life that has brought you to where you are now? People are going to leave. You're going to lose people. I was born without people. I, I like as a baby, just knowing that I was at a handicap and that you you don't have parents. You have uncles. Your uncles are kids, and they're influenced by a lot of horrible stuff. But because you're in your environment doesn't mean you have to stay there. And so when you do lose the people that you love, think of why you lost them and understand that Sometimes it is your fault. Often it's your fault. It's okay for things to be your fault. You're human. You're flawed. And, you know, one of the greatest people on this program, Mr. Rogers, you know, he taught humility and understanding and accepting responsibility for yourself. And, you know, don't judge without accepting judgment. And that's how it has been for me. I, I, I know that I came into this world without guidance. And that I have made many, many mistakes. I still make mistakes. I made some mistakes this year that I that I regret. And as soon as I made those mistakes, at least I had the conscience to be aware where I messed up and where I needed to be better. And if you and if you don't have support, go and seek that support. You know, go and speak to a friend, a mentor, go get counseling, go do something, but speak up. Speak up 
Because people who love you are going to be honest with you because every emotion starts with love. Love is the center of all emotion, in my opinion. That's my belief is that hate and peace are the closest children of love. People hate because of fear of losing love or fear of accepting love. People are at peace because they have love. I feel like everything starts with love and we spend our entire lives wanting it. We end often we have it. You know, I don't think you make it to birth without someone at least having some form of love for you alone that way. And it's just a matter of do we sustain it and when we lose it, or do we do to reobtain it and hold on to it? What's in store for you? Where are you going? What are you working on now and what are you working on next, if you know? Uh, right now we're organizing poetry slams. Uh, me and a team of people want to bring slam back to Spokane so that we could give opportunity to other upcoming poets. Uh, we're planning to get that going here. Well, we're getting it going right now, but we're not going to have it finished and ready to present until early next year. And personally for myself, get my project, uh, a degenerate workflow completed and out to the public and also compete in the Vancouver Poetry Slams over in Canada. So um, that's kind of what I got going on. That's a lot going on. Thank you. What is success for you when it comes to your work and uh, your performance poetry? Uh, As long as I know that I get them all. Uh, that's all. Like everything else is a reward. This was a reward. Everything. Uh, you know, the fact that you guys heard about me through another artist and wanted to give me an opportunity like this. I'm thankful, but I'm like, uh, if, if things happen, they happen. If they don't, they don't. But uh, I'm thankful for everything that comes my way. I have faith and things aligning. And just because of what I do, opportunities like this have steadily have come my way and it's just funny how when you don't try to be desperate for it and you trust the process and you just love your art opportunities come it's kind of like you let destiny take the will and bring whatever comes and i'm thankful thankful for everything that's ever came my way all the amazing people that i have met all the students that i have taught this isn't where i that poetry would ever take me, nor did I intend for it. I was just say, like, hey, I'm going to pr- put this out to the world, and if people love it, they love it. If not, hey, at least I did it. How could someone be a student of your poetry or learn poetry with you or from you? So uh, in the winter, in the winter, uh, through the Spokane Valley Library, I teach poetry slam, uh, poetry and host poetry slams uh, through the Valley High School, so Central Valley, U-Hi, uh, even uh, the, Val- uh, the Deer Parks High School, Deer Park and Riverside, and uh, that new Ridgeline High School out at uh, Green Acres. And uh, so other than that, uh, I'm always at Broken Mike, Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. downtown. Uh, they got a great rotating cast of poets who host that. And just to see young to elders uh, all in one spot, just sharing their craft. And uh, also Three Minute Mike, hosted by the wonderful Chris Cook, first Friday at Auntie's Bookstore, 7 p.m. So um, you, it's open to everyone, free. Those are, you know, 
where I frequent. Again, I'm, I'm part of the community, and uh, I'm never going to shy away from that. I know there's some artists, some writers who don't really get as involved and um, for whatever reasons that they have, but I don't want to be that. I want to make sure that I'm always in the community. I'm going to events that aren't just representing myself, but also representing our community and to be able to organize events that are for our community. And that's the whole plan with the slams is I want these slams to be a place that any form of writer can be a part of them. Because I'm a firm believer that every soul is a poet, even if it's not in writing or spoken word format. It could be your paintings or it could be, you know, your your talk show, uh, your radio show. It could be, you know, your editing. You know, that's all poetry. We are all poetries moving in motion and where whatever speaks to our soul, we bring out uh, into reality. It's a form of meditation. So uh, we are all poets. And I just so happen to do it in a way that is written and verbalized and uh, has given me opportunities. So I, I, I'm thankful. So. <laughs> what is it, how does it feel for you after you've performed and people come and tell you what it meant to them? Again, thankful that people would even want to hear what I have to say. No one is entitled to an audience. And the fact that people choose to listen and then on top of it come and say something nice about my craft, that's the biggest honor that you could ever have because you know, so often we worry about who doesn't like us. I'm more concerned with the people who do because I'm not entitled to that. You know, if I, if I, it's expected that people aren't going to like me. That's the fear and coming to terms with it that when you go and perform, you might get booed or you might get mocked or you, you might get talked about behind your back. I don't care. The fact that anyone could ever listen to me and come and say, hey, that inspired me, that I loved it, that I'm a fan. I want to collaborate with you. I want you in my studio on my talk show. That, that's the biggest honor I could ever receive because, again, I only do this for me. And the fact that I could influence someone just by being myself and doing something that I love that's a form of meditation to help me persevere to all the adversities that are not presented when I'm on a microphone. It's the biggest gift I could ever receive. So anybody who's a fan of me, if you're listening to this program or if I see you in the public, thank you. Thank you because I'm not entitled to it and I'm not going to let you down because I'm always going to do this because I love it. And when I don't do love it, I'm not going to do it anymore. But this is a part of my life, and it's just as much of an importance to me as breathing and, and being there for those that I love. And um, I don't think I would be who I am without poetry. So, What about, would you pull out uh, a current piece that's in your head that oh, you yeah. would be able to perform for us? Oh, absolutely. So... I haven't really done this piece anywhere. I recently did this for the first time at the Spokane South Hill Library last week. And this is part of my upcoming project, A Degenerate Workflow, and this piece is called Garbage Day. Today is our trash day. And lovers debate who takes our cradles down the paveway, breaks scrape as our cries give reason for a segue. Making our way closer to the edge each day until the streets are where we stay, realizing what it's like to be thrown away. 
Our parents carry vices and garbage bags like sorrow and eyelid sags. Clean money, dirties in her underwear rags. Stolen money, bloodies from his register mag. Assisted by gurneys and attorneys when chasing a bag. We were kids with open lids, handed down the bed. Trying to live, we close our lids and pretend we're not sad. Feelings clash, we're filled with bad and treated like trash. We played in playpens like they were garbage bins. Because messy situations is what we were raised in. Tossed obligations, landed and lost and found every weekend. Unstable foundation left us tilted on weekends. Parents were weekend and ran out on their children. Overflowing with trauma, we lit a society. Unknowing our drama withers opportunity. Awaiting waste management to cleanse our poverty. We are cans on grounds, kicked around, debris, littering, social normalcy. With no one there to claim accountability. The paddy wagon makes us rounds as garbage men shake us down. Call pieces of sh while being thrown down. We is compost, a compost of a reality passed down. Life that sprung from soil ground. So when the world spoils all around, beauty is still found. And pupils looking down, we are proof. That growth has no bounds. We were not thrown away. Only destined to recycle, changing the course of family cycles. Generations of babies cradled by a vicious cycle, able to make something greater when we compile. Boundless once in our element, comprised of many elements, reshaping ourselves, becoming less hesitant. We sort ourselves out, separating a traumatic past. Staying whole like paper bags, staying sharp and seeing clear even as broken glass and staying real in a sea of plastic mass. All the sources have always been in our hands. May the past wasted have memories salvaged as they become vintage lessons valued in the future. Let us as rubbish once demoralized be revitalized with leisure to become creative and visual pleasures. Our stories contorted in a unified architecture becoming skylines that resemble family pictures. We are in this together. The heart of a city lives inside of each other with neighborhoods named after leaders who taught us how to resolve conflict and find closure as broken homes are loved better all in the hopes of understanding of what it's like for garbage. To be treasured. Could you talk about more about um, what it meant to you to have music as a safe space as you were growing up in maybe an environment that didn't feel safe? Music meant everything. Um, for instance, my granddad, we would ride around in his taxi and uh, he drove taxi trucks and I. Uh, he loved Bill Withers, and Bill Withers, another huge example. As far as, like, storytelling, I really give a lot of my influence. I get a lot of my influence from Bill Withers. If you ever have a chance, 1973, live at Carnegie Hall, Bill Withers, beautiful. And that's what I ultimately wanted to implement into the performance even, is that the way that he interacts with the crowd and he moves between each each song it's beautiful and immersive so as a kid hearing that and like you listen to an album front to back you're literally in a world and then that's what really helped me start to understand world building and a record with a the general workflow my upcoming collection my whole idea is to make every poem pertain to some form of occupation or some form of activity that you would do after your job like Go out for drinks, happy hour, or, you know, I have a piece that's called payday. Um, you know, you, you have all of these different elements, and everybody's working together. And uh, that's ultimately what I'm creating is a workflow. But listening to albums, I love 
the fact that older music especially had a meaning to it where it was like, hey, we're going to create this album. It's going to tell a story. For instance, you have uh, uh, Stevie Wonder's, Wonder's Intervision, which is still very relevant to this day where you have a lot of young colored, my, uh, young colored kids who are being abused by the system that are being shot down in the streets by authority figures. And, um, and to have someone like Stevie Wonder speak of that in the 70s uh, and to have that so relevant to this today i feel like music you have to do it you you have to have it in your life and if you have that opportunity to create a world for someone young who may not have that world in their life currently you're giving them hope of what they can possibly create and get themselves out of so yeah what would you describe as the heart of what you write and what you make i would say the heart is influence uh influencing generations to come be able to create cohesion. Uh, you know, when I look at my society, yeah, I know globalism is an issue. I know that pestilence, as we have endured for the last four years, is a big issue that, you know, we can't ignore. You know, we can't ignore death. Death is inevitable, and but, you know, the beauty in death is that we can leave something. So if I could persevere and if I could create, I can make persevering a lot easier for someone who comes after me or someone who's here with me currently. And I ultimately want to create cohesion. And that, that drives everything that I do is that if I could create for me, I have a feeling that it's going to gravitate to others. But if I don't do it from the heart, then there's no point of any of it. It has to all start with me, and I never write for to please anybody. I never write because I feel you're going to like it. If it's not coming from my own soul, there's no point in me doing this. So I guess a matter of cohesion and unity and understanding and accepting you know, uh, your mortality, but more so coming to terms with yourself and loving yourself and accepting the limitations within yourself, but not allowing yourself to be limited because of those limitations, being able to test them and expand and go from there. So, Do you remember the first time you took a stage to do your what you do? I remember being a kid doing talent shows. And I remember at a local park, um, actually here, Underhill Park, Underhill Park, in the summertime, they had a talent show. I remember I was around 9, 10 years old, and I just went on there with my uh, rhymes, and I just killed it. And it, it, it was a great performance, and people loved it. And then when I was at Shaw Middle School, uh, I ended up winning the talent show there. And, um, you know, being a rapper even back then, it, it's just so many different performances throughout my f- time of being on this planet that have really altered my entire being. And I feel, you know, again, being on Endless Sessions, that's a whole new experience. I've never been on live television uh, or be able to create an episode for a program. So I feel like even now, it's a first time. I feel like in every phase of my life, there's a first time. When I first competed in a slam, I felt like it was a first time. When I first competed on the national stage, a first time. I just feel like life is always something new. And when you're not in your comfort zone, realize that you are really elevating. And so, you know, from the little boy onwards, I don't really feel like I had gotten out of, oh, this is your first time. I don't know if I ever want to, uh, but yeah. 
Do you remember nervousness or anxiety about how do you feel when you're getting ready to perform or to take a stage? I think if I'm performing something brand new that I haven't practiced a million times, I like prep time and I take prep time very serious. I will memorize a poem hundreds of times and perform it in my kitchen uh, hundreds of times before I'm like, all right, this is done. And I want the delivery. I want the rhymes. I want the imagery to be precise. And once I'm content with it and I have it stored in there, eventually it just flows. It's part of you. I I could do poems and I wouldn't really think about what's going to come next. It's just, it's like muscle memory. It's just one with yourself. once you have it down. And so I, I try not to think about what's going to make me nervous because if I'm, if I'm presenting it, I'm confident. Nice. Um, so it sounds like you kind of enter a flow state when you perform. Yeah. Do you also enter that flow state when you write? Oh, absolutely. Um, writer's block is a very common thing for all of us. Uh, but to get out of that writer's block, I definitely put on some records. And then once I'm in that groove, I just try to stay in it for as long as I can. Like I will go, I'll get off of work and I'll go home and I will just start writing and I won't check my phone. I won't bother with anything. I probably won't eat until like nine, 10 o'clock at night because once I'm in a groove, I really want to flesh it out. And I don't want to come back to it because I may not be able to have that same groove for the next several days. So if I have the opportunity, I want to seize the momentum when it's there. So, How did you learn to do that for yourself? Because I'm sure if you're like any of us, there's always those calls. There's always those calls on your attention and calls on time trying to interrupt that. So when did you decide that you've got to commit yourself to your flow to keep it going? Oh, um, as a kid, it's just always growing. And, Sound like a smart kid. Oh, well, you know, I had my moments, uh, like all of us, and, uh, you know, just being dedicated, knowing that what do you, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go with this? How far do you think you can take this? And, you know, I don't, if I'm building someone else's dreams, if I'm going to work every day, I'm building someone else's dream, I better have dreams of my own when I go home. I better not just, you know, put my coat on the rack and just say, all right, I'm going to eat dinner and go to bed and water, rinse, repeat. Life is precious. Nothing here is what we're entitled to. I just went to a funeral this last Sunday and, you know, really hit me. And uh, just like every funeral should hit us. It's just like, man, you're here. They're not. Do something with the time that you have. And whenever it comes At least, you know, I made it this far. I made it to this station. I made it to represent my city and in the world. Uh, uh, I met a lot of amazing people like the three of you here today. And really, I plan on seeing what comes next. But I'm not going to sit on my hands. Where would you say this dedication and fortitude to your own uh, passions come from? Um, I think it's... um, if I'm being personal, it's uh, being abandoned. You know, when, when, you, when you're born to kids, kids, babies making babies, uh, you grow up in an environment and you know that no one cares. 
Yeah, like you see it every day. No one cares about your hygiene, your dental. No one cares about your education. And so it's all on you, no matter what. And so I've always just been in this mentality ever since I was a little kid that I'm going to be daring and I'm going to be confident and I'm going to go out there and give my all. And, you know, being an angry kid early on, it took a bit of humbling because, you know, I, I don't come from a happy home. I don't come from a home at all. I come from very poor influences and I have you know I went and got my college degree I graduated high school I've done all this stuff I'm here and the fact that I get to be here in this moment I don't want anyone to ever see me and say wow he didn't come from a proper upbringing you know when I have elderly folks who are saying hey you know uh, you you must have been raised properly your mom must be proud of you Uh, you know I'm honored I'm thankful but you know I, I did that and also along the way there were some many great influences, men and women and people who just uh, just came into my life at the right time and just influenced me to just be who I am. And honestly, as much as I was determined, it took destiny, I feel, to really align the right people at different places uh, and moments of my life to really keep me on track and give me this passion and sustain it where now it's just I want to give that back and I want to make sure that every kid that I teach poetry to at the high schools every slam that I host whether it's for youth or for all ages is for everybody and that you know everyone is encouraged and when they leave here they go on and do the same for others and so I don't ever want anyone to grow up like I did and if they are I hope I meet them because I want to influence them the way that many people influence me. So, Could you tell me, um, I mean, this is something that you've probably told a lot of people. So would you tell us, yeah. what is your advice for a young artist, young poet, or a young person who is looking for um, a good reason to focus? Good reason for yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anything. It's kind of like you can't fly to anywhere if you don't have two wings and a propeller. You're stagnant. You're stuck in the same place. You know, no one's going to come and save you. You better learn how to build, you know. And I feel like if you aren't moving, you are the equivalent of death. If you're not willing to learn, that's death. You no longer have that opportunity at some point. that, That will no longer be there. So you have to seize it. So if I was to tell anyone younger than me is, Be confident enough to believe in yourself even when no one else does because not everyone who is with you is going to be with you a year from now, two years, four years. Understand that you're going to get your heart ripped out. Understand that you're going to get stabbed in your back. You're going to be manipulated. All the horrible things that you fear are going to happen to you likely are going to happen to you. But no matter what, understand that you are still here. You have made it through, that you are still standing. And that's the true battle, is that you don't want to become too hardened, but you want to be hardened enough that when adversity comes your way, you're able to run right through them and know that it's not going to break you. But the balance is being able to still open up and know when people have good intentions and to trust the intentions. Go into situations knowing that you're going to get hurt, but have no fear if you do, because at least you took the risk, and when the risk has the reward of love, acceptance, understanding, and cohesion, then it's worth all the effort. 
and I would take a thousand losses just to savor the flavor of a victory, and that is love. So, well, I love you, Tuan Simultaneous. Thank you. I love you all, <laughs> PBS. Thank, thank you for making my childhood amazing. Uh, you know, even though there was moments that weren't amazing. I know that programs like Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers and, uh, you know, so many uh, Zoom and uh, those were all programs that really made after school uh, home life a little bit better. So thank you. I love you all, PBS. And I love you, world. I love you, Spokane. And yeah, I just love. I love myself. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Tuan. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. You have been listening to a KSPS production recorded in Spokane, Washington. For more information about Inland Sessions, to watch back episodes, or if you'd like to learn how your support of KSPS, PBS, and public television turns into more great programming that explores local arts and culture while promoting civic health and lifelong learning, please visit ksps.org. Thank you.